Heavenly Father, we thank you for our morning together, our time as a group, our time to lift you up and to enter into the deep things. Lord, your word says deep calls unto deep. And in our hearts, some of the deep places in our hearts are scarred. And Lord, if we don't go in there and we don't have the courage to go there, Lord, some of those things will go unhealed, untouched. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So as we've been talking about the subject of shame, we went through three weeks. This is the fourth week. And each week I've asked you to give me an example or something. And this week, since we're talking about how to bring shame out into the open and how to walk into the healing of it, how to get ourselves free of the pain of shame. I had an image of myself of what shame looks like being destroyed. Let that soak into your mind. If you were going to paint a picture, so we first we had a picture of what shame looks like. And if you had a picture of what shame looks like being destroyed, I want you to think about that for a second while I give you my image. My image of pain being destroyed is, have you ever seen a goldfish? You know you go to to the fair or something like that you get one of those goldfish and you stick it in a little bowl and you forget about it for a while and it's just gasping for air because the water is oxygen has been all used you know what it looks it's going gulp gulp you've seen that that's my image of shame dying it's dying because it's not getting enough oxygen it's dying because it's not getting fed to me shame as we bring it out into the open, shame in my heart is dying. It's, it's, it's starving. And it needs somebody to insult me, to help give it some life. It needs somebody to call me a name. Because if, if, if no one calls me a name and I keep shame open, shame's just going to wither up and die. You know that goldfish after it's floating up to the side and it sits there on laying there on the side? You can tap the bowl all you want. It's dead. That's what I look at shame in my life as being something that is withering up. Why is it withering up? Because see, my daughter has helped also. and we've, We're talking about it. Yes. As you bring it out in the open, it dies because it is a, it's like a little rat. You know, a disgusting mouse or something that's hiding. Once you talk about it, it has no place to hide. I'll give you an example. I had a, a shaming incident this week. I'm sitting there in the gym and talking to this person that I've been talking to for a while. We've shared some things back and forth. And, um, when I go to the gym, I'm sitting down in the sauna. I'm not actually working out. So I want you to picture this. Don't picture me on a treadmill. No, far from a treadmill. I'm sitting in the sauna just sitting there. And this blind giant conversation comes up. And the person that I've known took something personal that I gave them, that we were talking about personal to each other, and they took that and tried to use it to stab me in the back with something I, a personal, a personal information about myself they used to stab me in the back in an open conversation. And I got angry. And then after a, a day of being angry, I asked myself, why am I angry? I went, to the sh- I went to see how was, she able, how was that person able to shame me. And I, I, I went deep in the past and found out where it was. And once I talked about it, it disappeared. Yeah. 
It no longer, and that wasn't the only time that 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 information. You know, there's certain things that are tender in us, and I was able to talk about it to myself, and it was gone. And then I gave it to the Lord. Part of the conversation is, if you don't talk about it to yourself, and I didn't, I didn't come share with my wife. You know, make her sit down. Stop, honey. I need to share. You know, or call my best friend, or call my kids. Even I didn't even talk to Paige. I sit Paige down and tell her the deepest problems of my heart. Talk to my little granddaughter. No, I didn't do that. I talked to myself and only myself, but I was honest with myself and brought the shame up. And it, like a, like like I said, that little fish just kind of floated up to the side and died. And I just, you know, not literally, but figuratively, just dumped it into the trash and flushed the toilet, and it was gone. Now, the next time that happens, it will never happen again. That, that person, that, not that person, but no one can shame me in that area because I brought the light to it. And then I found out that since, since we've been going through this, this kind of series, I've been able to fight shame better. I have a, a resistance to it. I have built up a resistance to it. When somebody brings it to me, I'm like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. And my reaction is not me, me shaming them. I have a sharp tongue. Anybody, you can, can you be born in the neighborhood over here and not have a sharp tongue? Is it possible? Well, I got, I got a sharp tongue. And you know what? Normally, that's what I use as my weapon. Anybody else use their tongue as a weapon? <laughs> we, their hands are raised up on the inside. We know they're not. So we have to have that skill to survive in the hood to be able to re- repel shame. You know, somebody comes up to you, first thing they look at you, look at them kids. Loud, dirty, right? And they're putting you down, right? So instead of using all those F words that you have built up over the years, you need to react with that by saying, excuse me, ma'am or sir, this is not your personal business. And I'm not going to allow you to speak into my life anything that's not real. You have no idea what's going on with these children and with me. You're speaking out of turn. That's the best way to interact with because when you interact the other way, you're showing them that it hurts. And why does it hurt? Because you haven't dealt with the shame of poverty. The shame of poverty, the shame of, and, and, and one of the ladies, how many women ever feel like a good mother? How many women ever feel like they're a good mother? But isn't it easy for somebody to steal that? You got to hold on to it. And like as a father, I find it's many difficult. As soon as somebody says you're a good father, the first thing I want to do is say, I don't want to take credit for that. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is that we give people, because of our own pain, we give them license to hurt us. So the best thing to do is deal with it. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't raise my kids well. Now, that's something I got to deal with, right? I should just deal with it instead of, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to take the credit. Why don't I just deal with the pain that when I cause them pain, 
I need to either go apologize to them. And I tried to make amends as we've grown up. We can we can't make amends with our kids. We can't get them back to 10 years old, but we can say we're sorry. I'm going to say that again. We cannot we cannot make amends for how we raised our children. We can't go back to 10 years old, but we can say I'm sorry. I'm going to say it again. Cuz this is this is powerful. We cannot go back to when they're 10 years old and make amends. But we can be we can have enough courage to say to them, "I'm sorry." You know what I know? I, this is what I got from my mama. I did the best I could. I understand you did the best you could. I'm not saying you didn't do the best you could. But there were some times that in the chaos of raising children, in the chaos of poverty, in the chaos of being a single mother and, and wanting to have a, a, a life for herself, she's a single mother. Do you know my single mother was a woman? I didn't know that. I thought she was born mother. She was born on this earth to be a mother. That's all her job is to be, is just a mother. But she's a woman in the midst of all this. And in the midst of being a woman, being a single mom, with all the responsibility and poverty, she may have reacted to me sometimes that was very harsh. And if you had that similar example in your life, it's okay to go back to them and just tell your kids, I apologize. Can you forgive my... And I, and I said, to them, look, I forgive your past if you forgive mine. Most kids would go for that. <laughs> so let's, let's go on to what we're talking about today is bringing shame to light and breaking its power. Once you bring shame into the light, it loses its strength. It loses its power. It loses its effectiveness. And the only way you can do that is by talking about it. And like I said, I talked to myself and myself only. I didn't go out and find some, you know, 911 call and, you know, shame hotline. And can you, can you give me five minutes today? I want to. No. Why did I talk to myself? It's because as in. And John 16 says, the spirit of truth will lead you and guide you into all truth. Now ask the question, did that person shame me to help me? No. But did God use that painful event to clear shame up in a lot of different areas? See, God used that because the spirit of truth brought that to light. And then I was able to get that handled. The spirit of truth will lead and guide you into all the truth. Any, anytime there's difficult situations going on, especially emotional ones, don't run from them. Let the spirit of God take you through it. But the only way that's going to happen is by you being honest with God. As we talked about last week, and it says in Isaiah 53, that he himself bore our grief and carried our sorrow. Now, since he bore your grief and carried your sorrow, unless you bring it to him, you know, we talked about laying things at the cross. We've been, I've been hearing that as a Christian for 30 years. Just lay it at the cross. Well, you know, I don't mind laying my bills at the cross. But I find myself not laying my emotions at the cross. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. But that's the thing we need to lay. Because he says, you know, he carries our burden. Yes, the bills are a burden. 
But understand that if the emotions aren't healed, we're back into the same position. You know, many times when I'm emotionally struggling, I'll spend money. Yeah. Any, all right? Just throw your hand up now. All right? Just throw your hand up now. I don't even want to hear it. All right? So wouldn't it be better to heal the emotions instead of me making more money? Because no matter how much money I made, I'm still going to have the emotional pain and I'm still going to go out and spend more money. So the thing is, is to be honest and get to the heart and wonder what is the source of the pain. And when we find the source of the pain, we can then look to, look to God to heal. So again, let's go back to that first subject. What, since we talked about it, what is your picture? If you could see the shame in your life Wither up and die, what would it look like to you? Is she raising her hand? Or... <laughs> what, is, what does shame look like when it's dying in your life? Like I said to me, it looks like that, that fish gasping for air. It's just, it's just losing every bit of oxygen. It can, no longer, it can no longer make it. It's going to fall over and die. Isn't that a great image of shame? A de- an image of shame dead? Dying. Do you have anybody else have an image of shame dying in their life? What's it look like? What do you think? I think of a hospital with like one of the own patients. It's like a cool patient and they're mean to everyone. And they're like, you can hear the little ER thing on the side. Oh, EKG going. That's a great, that's a flat line. That's a wonderful, isn't it? Thank you, sister. Thank you very much, someone. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Uh, my picture is, you imagine like carrying literally a ton of bricks and it's so heavy that you fall over. And then you're surrounded by all the people that you love and together they lift it off of you. So you literally ah, that's good. Yeah, lifting the shame. Ton of bricks on her sh- on her shoulders. And as she's falling over, the family comes and lifts it off. Okay, one second. Let me get her and then get Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm only got two eyes. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's your picture of shame? A shame dying. Dying on the streets, acting like animals. No, the picture of shame dying. Hold on. I'm a sociologist. I want to give you a police from the FBI agent. I'm good. I know Bishop Black. You kind of good. What is what is your picture of shame dying? Mine is dying on these motherfuckers. Peace. Going into peace. Amen. Amen. Just go ahead, Shirley. Um, I think mine would be like floodlights. If you imagine someone standing, um, if there was a movie, it'd be previously in a dark place, and now all of these lights are shining, and the person's like arms are open wide, basically showing that a weight has been lifted because there's light brought to the situation. Light, yeah. So she says, if you didn't hear over there, she says basically floodlights being on someone, and like arms open, arms open, and you're so light being actually coming to the subject, because that's really it. Once light is on it, it's once light is on on it, it's 
Yeah. Anybody? Do you remember in? Uh, do you remember in on? In Harry Potter. In the last one, when you looked under and saw under the bench, you saw Voldemort under the bench. It's just just a withered little. That's another. Any Harry Potter fans? But that's isn't 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 Voldemort the, the evil thing? He's just so shriveled, and that's shame. Is it's it's actually hiding and doesn't want it doesn't want to be seen. Don't look at me. Shame is saying, please don't look at me. Don't see me as being what I really am, and what you really are. What shame really is, is it's it's weak. It's it's easily destroyed. By talking about it. It's, but think about how hard it is to get to the place where you're vulnerable enough to talk about it. I mean, that's, isn't that what a bully says? The bully threatens you. Shame is threatening you. You better not look at it. You better not look at me. If you look at me, woo-wee, I'm going to lay you out. And it's the other way around. When you look at it, you see that it has no power. So, oh, she is. So as we, actually, we're moving on pretty good here. As we kind of talk about some of these things, the number one thing, other thing I wanted to talk about today was that it takes courage to look at shame, right? In your own life, it takes courage. But see, think about the courage that you build by looking at shame. Will that courage help you in other things in life? See, courage is gained by many different ways. You can go out and be courageous with others. Or you can find a way of being courageous to yourself in your in your own heart. By fighting shame, you're building courage. Because no one knows you're being courageous today, but you do. No one knows you're fighting the bully today, but you do. So you're building that courage on the inside and and many and and, and it will help you through success the young ones going off to college if they build courage right now by fighting shame on the inside do you think when they go to college that they'll find shaming events in college yeah they're getting prepared for it. think about there's i remember when we dropped lauren off to college yeah we dropped lauren off to college there was other her other roommate her mother uh drove an Drove up, she left her American Express gold card. Here, here, honey, here's your gold card. We gave Lauren about 30 bucks. <laughs> and the mother also dropped off, a, I think, a car and a bottle of Jack Daniels. It's just like bizarre. It's just like, what the combination? And a boyfriend. Boyfriend came up with her, too. So don't you think that, uh, do you think I was able to prepare my daughter for those battles? No. No. Whoever knew that that was going to be the battle? How could I I prepare her for that? But by building courage on the inside, then she could basically be courageous against anything. And that's what I I wish I did more of that. But (laughs) So I'll say I'm sorry the next time I see her. But that's why we, we, by attacking shame now, you're building courage on the inside so you can then be, have a resistance to it coming later. Because the first thing somebody's going to say to you when you go to college and you go off to there is, well, where's your, where's your gold card? 
Don't you have a gold card also? Why don't you treat, treat pizza today? Why don't you don't? You're not going to have the resources that everybody else has, so you're going to need to sometimes be able to let the the barrage of shame come at you and just wash it all off and not internalize it. Because by internalizing it, how many young people find themselves in college so out of place that they run home? Just done with it. Why should I be up here not having the right clothes, not having the, can't afford my books, I can't buy the right food. Why should I, I'm out of here. So we have to build that courage on the inside. And that's a very difficult thing to do by parents, especially if our, par- our parents are, as parents, we're, we're banging them in the back of the head, right? Now, how are we going to build courage for the future if we're banging them on the back of the head at the same time? Something's going to come up short. And what comes up short is a feeling of defeat. I'm defeated at home. I'm defeated at school. How could I ever make it in college? How could I ever make it in a new job? Who, has, who enjoys going to a new job every that That first day, walking through the first day someplace new. Who enjoys that? Not? Because the first, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> you were where? I was a temporary legal secretary, so I moved around. Yeah, so you, you, you built up resistance to it. Being a temporary sick secretary, she said she did it a lot. But going into new places, we feel inadequate. And the reason we feel inadequate is because not because we are not inadequate. It's because something in our past <laughs> is holding on. That shame rat is trying to jump up and tap, 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 tap. You know you didn't wear the right shoes. We need to wake up and say, hey, shame, what shoes should I wear today? You said you know so much, shame. What's the right, what are the right shoes? I don't know. I don't know what you should do. You know, you know. So we find ourselves in a position many times where we're not comfortable or we're not courageous. And I'm just saying by opening up and talking to someone else, are talking to the Lord, you are building courage. Now, here's something that also, as I get ready to close, I hear a lot. Now, again, I go to the gym a lot. Five days a week I go to the gym. I exercise a couple of times a year. Hey, this is the best gym you can go to. You go there and sit down and watch other people work, work out. Just they, they run right past you. This is exciting. <laughs> but I go to the gym a lot, and everybody at the gym has a... Nobody goes to the gym with a, with a defeated attitude. Nobody goes, oh, I guess I'm going to go... I'm coming today, but I'm not going to make it tomorrow. You know, No, everybody comes with a positive attitude, right? And I find by listening to their positive attitudes that it's all smoke. Smoke and mirrors. Oh, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. Yep. Smoke and mirrors. Oh yeah, I'm going to be, you know, and, and, and I'm going to be successful. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make it. Unless you deal with, unless you have enough courage to deal with your shame, you're not going to make it. And I can guarantee it. I mean, I've sat there for 15 years and watched how many people join the gym in January. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to be sitting, I'm not going to be exercising, 
But I'm going to be sitting there in June. Because the, the problem is not weight. The problem is not the weight. That's not the problem. The problem is there's something inside you that you're being, that's being attacked. That when, it, when you get that attack, food becomes a way of, 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 of pacifying it. And then shame will turn around and look you in the mirror when you got crumbs on your shirt. Shame will say, look at you now. Look what you did. So we, we who smoke know that, right? Right, we know that. You're trying to find that cigarette and you pick up that little button, you straighten it out and you light it and you smoke it and you sit there and say, what am I doing? I'm going to finish this cigarette, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and then when you throw it away, you know, you walk away and you say, you know, I made all those promises. Shame going to bring it. Remember what you said? Remember you said you were going to... Why didn't shame talk about that before I picked up the cigarette butt off the floor? Humiliate myself by picking cigarette butts off the floor. And then, you know, finding a match, smoking that bent cigarette. Shame don't want to say anything until after it's done. (laughs) So, what I have found that many times we puff ourselves up by saying, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm, going to I'm not saying anything about not speaking positive, but you got to have a foundation underneath that or the shame will just make you, your, 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 your house of cards fall much bigger. It's just a, a bigger disaster. So attack the shame. If you find that you want to, uh, there's a habit of something that you want to get away from, attack the shame first. Another word would be maybe discretion because you know when you think internet people you were saying last week your mother used to say they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Uh-huh. Some things they do they should be ashamed. Maybe yeah. don't do it or repent and apologize. Yeah. You're right. Well, we're using the wrong word. Oh. It's the wrong word. See, shame is something that is an attack. Okay. On, on shame is an attack on you. Mm-hmm. You know. To make you feel, to make you, to, to, to make you feel less of a person. <laughs> what shame does is creates disconnect. See, I, I don't, you have those dirty clothes on. I can't love you today as much as you need to be loved. They're pushing people away. You know, you're, 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 you're not good enough. Shame pushes away. You know, my, the way my mom was using it is change your clothes before you go outside because it's not appropriate to wear those clothes. But my mother wasn't going to put all those words together in a sentence. She says, boy, you ought to be shamed. That's all she said. But the difference is shame pushes away. You're not, you can't have connection. Now, if I push my grandkids away, eventually they're going to think men are supposed to push them away. Right? Then, how will they react towards men? They're clinging and getting pushed away. They're, they're, so they're getting pushed away. So that's why as fathers... We bring them to us to know that that's the norm, you know. So it's a, it's a difficult combination of words. But you, do you have a? Yeah, I think I would add in that um, the counterpart of shame is guilt, and right. guilt yeah. is towards an action. Guilt is towards a behavior, and shame is towards the human being. All right, perfect. Anybody not hear that? Can can we say that again? Can you, you, can you think you can put those words together twice? 
That's why I listened to it later. I guess she was saying, because anybody, sh- sh- shame is, is, is directed towards you. Guilt is directed towards an, uh, an action or a behavior. I feel guilty, you know, when I, I got to make sure I feel guilty. When I, <laughs> I'm looking in my mind for something I feel guilty about, you know. Let me not be put to shame, but let him wait to be put to shame. Let my let my actions God glorifying you, not shame. Amen. Amen. Let those who hate you. I can, oh, that's perfect. So, so we see that. So, shaming is I am bad. I am bad. I did something wrong. But now, if you did something wrong and you recognize it's wrong, that's because there's some things we do wrong we don't recognize they're wrong. But the way you tell me that I did wrong, he's not shaming me. You know, so that's it. If I'm going to, sh- you did something wrong, like raising kids. You touch the fire. The little baby touches the fire. I shame the child instead of teach the child. Then the, the child gets used to being shamed as being taught. So we did wrong versus are, then you are wrong. Okay, what more can we say? That 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 closes the thing up right there. Huh? <laughs>